Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And what is up, everybody? Here we are with the newest edition, first of the week, for the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Colby Conway at Colby R. Conway on Twitter. And with me, as always, haven't talked to him here face to face in about a week. So, Matt Sells at The Salesman, good to be chatting with you. And how is everything going for you, my friend? Things are good. Things are good. Um, you know, baseball season continues to move along here. There's quite a lot of interesting moves to talk about that happened over this weekend, a lot of surprising outcomes that happened. And the Angels are going to angel. You know, let, let's start uh, dissecting the news. I mean, absolutely. Do you remember the days back in spring training where we would jump on the pod and we'd be like, what do you think we could talk about today? Do we have anything to talk about? Remember those days? And now we're now we're sitting here trying to parse through a show sheet. But you're right. Let's jump in. So as a former catcher, I'm starting it off with a unfortunate catcher injury. But out in L.A., Will Smith is heading to the injured list. Uh, I believe he's going to the seven day concussion IL retroactive back to April 13th. So if you're going off seven days, almost kind of halfway through it here, uh, fantasy managers, he's on the IL. You can stick him in an IR spot. This doesn't seem like it should be really overly long-term. So I think you can hold him there. Just be fine. You're just going to be without one of the top offensive catchers here for the next couple of days. It seems correct. Yeah. Now everybody recovers from concussions differently, obviously, but the fact that they waited a few days to put him on there and then made it retroactive, obviously the last day he played, you know, gives us a little bit of benefit um, at this point. It's not like Austin Barnes has done very much backing him up. We all know that Barnes is basically there for defense. He's not exactly an offensive threat. I saw some some other fantasy folks pointing out who they went and picked up. I, I don't know. If you don't have an IL spot, I might just leave them in there and just eat the week. Like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. And at that position, too, sometimes – a zero may not be the worst thing for you. Exactly. Like I'm not <laughs> dropping considered. another guy on my bench to get a week of another catcher that you're literally going to drop. Like if you pick up Bethancourt, are you going to hold him past the time that Will Smith? Come? No. All, all in all, if you were to pick somebody up to replace Smith, he'd be on your team for those couple of days. Within minutes that Smith is removed from the IL, that guy will be removed from your team. It's as exactly. simple as that. So just keep an eye out on it. Nothing really. He This shouldn't be a too long-term thing. In New York, injuries continue to happen. We'll start with the with the Yankees. If 
if you had John Carlos Stan injury on your bingo card, which is more or less should be treated as a darn free square at this point, it seems mm-hmm. he is heading to the IL. Stop me if you've heard that before. I feel like we talked about this last year, maybe even the year before. We we should just clip it so that in a couple you know weeks, if it happens again or months, we can just replay this and we don't have to spend the time talking about it. But hits a double, pulled for a pinch runner, hamstring strain on the injured list. Stanton. We don't know how long it's quite going to be yet exactly. I'd say put him on the IL if you have those spots on your team. And if not, wait to see what the timeline is before making a decision. But this one was something we could have seen coming from a mile away. Yeah. I mean, I saw plenty of tweets that were like, okay, it's officially baseball season. Like, quote, tweeting the news. Uh, You know, we don't really want to circle injuries that happen, you know. But look, the guy's been a walking injuries since he got to new york now if we want to start questioning new york trainers that's a reasonable thing to do at this point because they can't keep pitchers healthy most of their hitters get hurt at some point or another um they recall i believe it was oswaldo cabrera from AAA to fill the il spot so he'll be another outfield dh you know multi-hyphenate guy for the yankees um I don't know exactly how long it's going to be, but based on Aaron Boone's love of Giancarlo Stanton's lower body from the quotes that we heard, <laughs> I don't know if that means it's going to be a short run or a long run. Uh, I don't know, but I, it's not like he was doing very much bat-wise to start the year anyway. Um, and he was only ever going to be in your util spot, so it's you could literally fill his spot on your roster with anybody at this point. And I guess this is... Un- I, I don't want to say unfortunately because it, it's been quite the revival for Franchi Cordero there in New York. But I guess this means we're going to keep getting questions about him. How much fab? Do I pick him up? Do I not drop him? All I'm going to say, the the production is nice right now, but we yes. have about this much of not great from Cordero, and we got about this much of great from Cordero. Yeah, he's, he's the 2023 Matt Carpenter. <laughs> I mean, that's – the. I, I laugh, but it's, it's accurate. Like, I mean, exactly you know, what it is. So, our, 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 don't go nuts. If you need a guy to fill in, there's literally, you could literally fill in anybody at your util spot. Right? Yeah. And then let's go across town with New York. So, Max Scherzer, a little bit of a back issue, it seems like. And it's, you know, look at the year. When you look at Scherzer this year, I mean, he's poised, hate to say it, career worst year and we're only 16 innings into the season but strikeouts down walks up home runs up era up fip xfip through the roof for the guy that many were drafting to be their fantasy ace their their workhorse essentially so is is this just something it's hard because there's kind of moving plays in here so he's dealing with a little bit of a back issue is this because he's 38 and he's not getting younger by the day or are some of his frustrations if you want to call him that with the pitch clock now rearing its ugly head in a different way? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's the guy's got a lot of mileage on him on that arm on, you know, he's one of the gutsiest pitchers where like, if he doesn't have it, he will grind his way through a start. Like he did the other day, Um, like 97 pitches through five innings. I think Um, I saw. So I think it's a little bit of the fact that he pitches for the Mets, right? They can't keep pitchers healthy. Sorry, but there's three of their five opening day. You know, guys thought to be in their opening day rotation are not on the field right now between Scherzer and Verlander and Quintana, who's not going to be there till like the all-star break. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a combination of he's 38. 
he's got a lot of mileage on him. He was one of the biggest detractors of the pitch clock this offseason, saying, you know, this going to hurt some some guys. Okay, sure. Not saying he went out and got hurt to prove his point. But you got to kind of expect an IL stint once a year for a pitcher at this point, right? Anybody. Like, we're not just talking Scherzer, but, like, basically anybody's going to wind up on the IL for, you know, bumps and bruises. And not that he's necessarily there yet, but he did wind up on the IL for a side issue last year. So it could be like, hey, I've not started the year well. I got this back thing. Let me kind of press the reset button. And it's the main thing. Right now, we're only at that stage where we're calling it soreness. Uh, he still expects to make a start, which should come against the, I believe it's Wednesday in Los Angeles. So we'll have that kind of on the record to see how he goes. But I think I think you're right. I think it's a combination of being 38, the pitch clock. And again, it, it, it would be one heck of a power move for him to go get hurt to prove his point with it. I'm not saying so. he's doing that. I know. I know. I, I know you're not saying it. I know you're not saying it. But but. It'd be a it'd be a heck of a power move. Last week, uh, when it was you and James talking about it in Tampa Bay, the Jeffrey Springs injury came up, and it turned out that he's going to miss two months with what is was diagnosed as uh, left arm ulnar neuritis. And if I remember correctly, that is where the hand and fingers go numb Correct. Um, in that arm. So he's going to miss about two months. So let's we're going to kind of double team this two different ways, basically. So first off. If your league doesn't have an IL spot, what we saw from Springs the first couple starts was pretty darn good. And dating back to last year, too, he was masterful at strikeout rate last year as well. So let's say let's say he misses the full two months, so we're talking eight weeks. Let's just say that on the dot, two months. You don't have an IL spot. Do you hold out for the return of Jeffrey Springs? I think you kind of have to. I think you do, too. I think there's – let's face it this – let's put it this way. You're not dropping him for anybody at this point, right? Like even Taj Bradley, you're not going to drop him for Taj Bradley. Yes, Taj Bradley had a great first start, and he's going to be pitching again on Tuesday, which is what the Rays announced. Um, but there's no – I haven't heard any plans for them to keep him up past Tuesday. So at this point, you can kind of treat it as kind of a spot start and we'll see what happens. Um, But you're not, I I don't think you can drop Springs. Obviously, this relates to redraft teams. Keeper or Dynasty, you're not dropping Springs. Yeah. No. So if it's a redraft, I think I kind of got to hold them. And if you need pitching help, I would look to somebody else who's not pitching great. Do you know off the top of your head, where Springs ranks right now in Major League Baseball in terms of his strikeout minus his walk rate, if you had to guess. I think he's first. Ooh, second. DeGrom just passed him. Okay. So that's who we're talking about. Yeah. Like, prolific at missing bats, prolific at staying in the zone, doesn't get beat, strikeouts, strikeouts, strikeouts. I mean, he's got a sub-1 ERA through three stars. I don't care. His his W rate is, like, either, I think, is second to DeGrom, too, the called and swinging strike rate. Yeah, it's been, his stuff has been gross since like the middle of last year. So uh, then with Taj with Taj Bradley, then so he's a guy that I picked up in a couple of spots because yeah. originally he came up, he was going to be the short term fill in for Zach Eflin, who went on the Correct. IL. Obviously, the Rays were not expecting, nor were they in any re, in any realm of reality, hoping that the injury to Springs were to occur. However, right. it happened. The Rays are going to do what the Rays are going to do. So there are questions of how long does Bradley get to go in games. 
do they conserve his innings, at least at the major league level? Does he continue right. to play this shuttle back and forth between AAA and the major? So if you, let's say, let's say Bradley's still out there on waivers, you're in a fab league that runs daily. How much could you feasibly be comfortable with putting for Bradley, knowing that the upside is very, very good, but we could also be playing this. He makes the start, looks really good. Six shutout innings with eight strikeouts, and then is heading back to AAA the next day. Because that's the question a lot of us are going to be faced with. So I saw he went nuts in NFBC Fabs. It ran on Sunday night, mm-hmm. right? Like TGFBI, I think, and other NF- NFBC leagues ran on Sunday night, and people were getting him for a couple hundred bucks out of a thousand dollar waiver budget, right? So if we mm-hmm. do that, if we say the average price he went for was about two fifteen. Out of a thousand dollar budget, that's twenty one and a half percent. I think that's a little steep, to be honest. Because here's what you have to think about: Yes, Springs is on the IL, but Eflin is supposed to be back soon. It doesn't seem like it's going to be an extended stay on the IL. Glasnow is supposed to be back at some point as well, right? So, in theory, in theory, we'll see. But there are two pitchers who are due back, and there's one spot right now full-time that's missing from the rotation, right? Keep in mind, the Rays are very good at, at filling guys' spots and rotations for one start and then sending them back. You could see Yanni Chirinos grab a spot start or do a bullpen thing with a with a reliever opening. Um, all sorts of things are possible. So I, to answer your question, I don't know if I would go above 15% right now because I don't think that Taj Bradley equals a two-month stay for Jeffrey Springs. Yeah. And I mean, when you look, I don't think so. Yeah. And when you look at Bradley in 2022, I mean, we're talking about 133 and a third innings. So, like, even if the, the Rays are going to conserve him, he right. is not most going of those to. Also weren't at AAA. Most of them were at double A. He got a Correct. late call up to AAA. So they're still kind of like, yes, did he look phenomenal at double A? Sure. But sometimes your stuff just outpaces where the level you're at and you need a reality check at the next level. Yeah. Um, and the Rays are notoriously cautious with bringing up their starting pitching uh, prospects. Yep. So Matt, some other youngs are kind of talked about Bradley there a little bit, but we got some youngins coming up. We finally get to see in this year in 2023, at least Brett Beatty with the Mets. They have finally kicked their other option to the curb finally. And they're going to let Beatty play at third. They're going to give him the at-bats. Started off hot in spring, cooled off a smidge by the end of it, but then he absolutely set the minors on fire. Really gave the Mets no choice. They had to call him up. They had to inject that left-handed power into the lineup. So kind of the same with Bradley. I There were some questions in the Discord, and I said don't be afraid to go nuts for Beatty because if he hits – he is sticking in that lineup. They don't know. They don't know anything to Escobar anymore. Like it I'm is. Not sure, I'm not even sure he has to hit that much to stick in that lineup. Well, it's not like Escobar was doing much. You're right. I mean, it seems like if Beatty hits like 230, he's he's locked into them. He's basically an all-star given what they were getting at third base to begin the season. Right. Because so there's been a lot of talk about like when will Ronnie Mauricio come up or Mark Vientos or you know now Beatty is obviously up to join Francisco Alvarez, who's still not getting at bats. I don't, I don't think Beatty has to do that much. And to be honest, I think Mauricio and Vientos may become trade bait at this point to go fill holes in their rotation. Because you have Justin Verlander, who's still out. And there's as far as I'm aware, there's not yet been a timetable set for like exactly when he's coming back from the issue, unless I missed it. But I haven't seen any news on him doing like tossing or 
you know, rehab starts anytime soon. We just talked about Scherzer's back soreness. Obviously, Quintana's spot got filled, but not really at a very good level. Like, the, <laughs> the back of that Mets rotation has not been good at all. So don't be shocked if you see some of those theoretically blocked uh, guys who are getting a lot of hub right now, like Vientos and Mauricio, get traded. But I agree with you. Go nuts for Beatty. Guy's bat represents his last name. Like, he's very good with a bat, and he's good enough defensively to play either third base or left field. So if they need to move some dudes around, they can. Um, But I agree with you. I think he's up for the long haul. And – Good lineup to be a part of. He's got the power. We've seen it. There might be some adjusting. He's a young kid. It's going to happen. But the talent is undeniable. And right. coming into the year, we talked about how third base was kind of like the the drop-off was rather steep at that position. So mm-hmm. this is, a, this is a, probably one of the few chances you're going to get to add an impact bat at that position. Yes. So one to keep note of there. But let's go to Boston. Uh, Brian Bello is a guy that has interested me in that we know he can miss bats at times and he can generate ground balls however he tends to get hit a little bit more than one would like and the argument is who cares if they have a 97 average mile an hour or average exit velocity against him as long as on the ground that's better than it being in the air which is true not in the era of no shift though correct that is kind of the fallback to that so like what do you realistically see like bellow being this year i know you had sent me a tweet earlier that boston's going to go to a six-man rotation so I mean, he is assuredly one of their six best starters, whether you want to call him their SP1, 2, or SP5, doesn't really matter. He's going to be in the rotation. I mean, what do you expect from him going forward this season? Like, it seems like the upside is there. He's still only 23, so do you think we can tap into that here in 2023? So, on Monday, we saw a glimpse of it. Granted, it was not in great conditions. It was an early morning start against an Angels lineup that happened to be missing Rendon and Trout because they got the day off with Otani pitching because Angels are going to do Angels things. It wasn't a great. It wasn't a great showing. He went two and two. He went two and two thirds. Gave up five earned. Uh, he got hit around quite a bit. He did get five strikeouts, which is nice to see. He was in a lot of two strike counts, um, but gave up a lot of two strike hits, which is not great he also labored quite a bit he had a very long first inning so look he can go the distance in the final tune-up start in triple a he went six innings through i think 80 something pitches uh looked really good the six moon rotation i think is interesting it basically means that everybody's going to get one start a week essentially um and yes that includes when paxton comes back i think paxton and hauk are gonna piggyback each other um, or you could see Paxton and maybe Whitlock. I don't know. They shouldn't do it to Whitlock. They should probably do it to Howe. Um, so realistically, I think he can be a pretty good strikeout guy, but you're going to have to watch the ratios because there's not very good defense behind him. The AL East parks are not exactly pitcher friendly, as we all know. Um, and he's got missable stuff, but the problem is that it's not always missable. So... You know, the strikeouts are going to be there, but you're going to have to eat some some ERA and whip. Can, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, he's got his, his his sinker headlines his arsenal in terms of what he uses the most. That's his ground ball pitch. And then he's got his changeup that is was X. I mean, last year posted a 44% whiff rate. So yeah, would love to see something else develop. He does mix in like a four-seamer and a slider, like more than just like show me pitches. Correct. But those were two that got 
hit around a good bit last year too. Yeah, so and the problem you need development there. Ground ball rate is that you can play to that in a shift. In the era that doesn't have a shift, there's a lot more five and a half hole hits that we're seeing. You know, there's a there's been a ton of hits straight up the middle that never would have gone through last year. There's been a ton of hits between you know first and second that go through the five and a half hole that Tony Gwynn loved to target has been just a just a breeder for hits this year. So it's going to boost his whip a little too high. Can sticking in Boston, can Jaron Duran give us anything more than speed? Are we, are we comfortable with projecting anything more than him being good for stolen bases? No, he was hitting less than 200 at triple a when he, when he got the call, like the reason they did it was because they wanted Kiki playing short more often versus right-handed pitching than playing center field. That's not good. Like the dude literally got called up for his speed in, in the outfield. And to be honest, he's not looked like that good of a defensive center fielder either. His routes are like, you know, not exactly the most straightforward routes I've seen taken to, to balls in center field. So if you're desperate for steals, which you probably shouldn't be at this point, because everybody's stealing bases. I mean, hell yes. Money Grant Dahl stole like three bags the other day. <laughs> um, I would lay off Jaron Duran for right now. And this is coming from a guy who has him on the roster. Yeah. And then when you look at his numbers too, the strikeouts have come with him as he's progressed through the, the ranks and against lefties, he's got 22 strikeouts and 65 at bats for his career. Yeah, so do with that what you will, uh, Matt, you and I had talked about Vaughn Grissom a little bit without saying it. We, we both agreed that he won't stick it short. Once no. Arcia comes back, he's going to play short because that team needs defense However, we do know Atlanta loves their offense, and we both kind of agreed that the move would be to pull the plug on Ozuna or another outfielder and let Grissom hide his defense in the outfield for now, or maybe even DH for that team. But we all know that when Travis Darno's back, if he's not catching, he's DHing. We already know that spot set for him in Atlanta. Sean Murphy is irrelevant in Atlanta per them, but... I, I digress. So Vaughn Grissom, is there any staying power upon Arcia's return? I think it, it's got to be outfielder DH for him. They got to just stick him there. It'd be great to pull the plug on Ozuna. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think like Arcia didn't like, look, he won the job in spring training and then didn't do anything to dissuade people from that. When the season started, he was playing phenomenally well when it started. Now it is a bit interesting that I heard rumors that they thought about putting Arcia on the, 60 day IL instead of just the 15 day IL, but I I don't know. Look, the the risk thing is interesting for RCS offense, right? We've talked about that wrists and hitters. Um, and yes, Nick Castellanos came back in 16 days from a similar injury a few years ago. Here's the problem that was to Castellanos's top hand. This is to RCS bottom hand, which is the driving hand where all the power comes from in the stroke. So I do think that Grissom sticks. Uh, I think he did enough last year to arguably, you know, just he should have been with the team opening day. Um, but I do think they stick him in left field at this point because they're getting literally nothing from their left fielders, not defensively, not offensively. So I think that's the move. So if you've made a move to get Bond Grissom, like I just did this weekend, uh, you should feel comfortable that he's going to stay up with them at this point. And then in L.A., uh, Zach Neto has come up and has just quickly just emerged up as the starting shortstop and apparently the leadoff hitter. And I b believe today's game was the first time where both Otani and Trout were in the lineup with Neto still leading off. Um, I believe that's what I had seen. Uh, 
I'll check that. But yes, I do believe that is the case. What can we get from a guy like Neto? Because whenever a prospect comes up, they're the talk of the town. The fab money comes out in hordes. So is there any fantasy relevance to be had with Neto? Or is it simply just, oh, he's hitting ahead of Trout and Otani. So sign me up. I mean, so here's a few things, right? That was the advertisement for Ward. That's why Taylor Ward was so popular. I mean, aside from the fact that we saw Taylor Ward do it at the major league level last year. Uh, Neto, let's be clear, was drafted last year, people. He's not been in the minors very long. The reason he's played 44 minor league games in his career is because he was drafted last year, right? That's all he could have possibly played since being drafted. Now, I do think it's very curious, and Angel's doing Angel's things, that they sent down David Fletcher, who they just signed to a five-year contract extension this offseason, if I'm not mistaken. So, that's, I mean, granted, it's David Fletcher. He wasn't doing very much, but, like, you could use a dude who plays every position on your bench, right? Like, there can't be anybody else you send down. Just interesting. Neto set the world on fire in the minor leagues. That's true. He's got eight homers, eight steals, a really nice batting average, but I don't know how much of that is going to stick in the majors. Right now he's 0 for 8 in the major leagues. Uh, Not a great start to the career, but those of you who are desperate for a starting shortstop, I think Neto stays. What we can expect from him, I have no clue. Like He was a high average, high contact guy in college, not a ton of pop and a decent amount of speed. It's probably what we see from him at a major league level. Is he a 2020 guy? No, I don't think so. Let me backtrack. I had said the wrong thing. It was Trout and Ward in the lineup, not Trout and Otani. I got excited because Otani was pitching today, so he just comes top of mind. So there you go. That was. Let me clarify that there. Um, I mean, if you need a high average guy, I know I just said he was going over eight, but he should turn that around, be at least a solid contact guy. Um, as for pop and speed decent but not like you know he's not a light the world on fire guy in the middle like we've seen from i don't know guys like turner or albies or jazz chisholm when he's healthy for sure so matt couple minutes left here kind of want to go through these quick but we got to talk about some bigger names we focused on the youngsters got to talk about some bigger names here and what the heck is going on with some of these guys to begin the season so let's kind of just put them up to a kind of like a who are you more concerned about here and I'm going to throw you what I think is a softball here first because it's just the way that I look at things. But Alec Manoa, bad start to begin the year. Things haven't looked good. The numbers haven't been good for Sandy Alcantara either. But of those two, again, I think this is softball. But who are you more concerned about moving forward between these two right-handed pitchers? Uh, probably Alcantara. Oh, okay. Not what I thought you were going with. So I guess it wasn't a softball. Like, okay. well, okay, so let's put it this way. Everybody from the Blue Jays roster, except for Kevin Gosman, has sucked in the pitching staff, right? Everybody's yes. off to a slow start. Bassett's off to a slow start. Um, basically everybody. So I'm not necessarily all that concerned with Manoa. The stuff is still good. It's still there. I think he can, not to mention he's got the offense to maybe finagle some wins for you, even if the starts aren't great. Sandy Alcantara, all of the metrics suggest it's, about as bad as it is, right? Like mm-hmm. XFIP is in his corner, or sorry, FIP is in his corner. XFIP, not so much. Sierra, not so much. Um, the strikeout rate is down. Walks are up. He's getting hit more, and that offense is still looking for help. So 
I'm more concerned with Alcantara, who I thought was more of a compiler last year and got the benefit of complete games. Um, not saying he didn't deserve the Cy Young, but I was a little bit off of Alcantara this year. Uh, Jim Bowden made a good point on XM on the Fancy Alarm Show on XM. I believe it was the Fancy Alarm Show. But basically saying that as Alcantara continues to go, like he's he's very adamant about getting deep into games, working his way through, pitching to contact with these new rules. Not necessarily like a mind shift, but like uh, let's instead of getting that ground out, why don't we go for the strikeout? Put it away. He compared it to how as Kershaw developed and continued to develop, he knew when he had to get the the out, when he had to make the out pitch with via the strikeout. So I thought that was a really interesting point with with Sandy there. For me, it's 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 Manoa. I don't know if it's the pitch clock, if it's just something. The water in Toronto has been a little funky to start the year. I'm more concerned about him. I think Sandy's will, Sandy will even things out. Manoa, I just have bigger concerns about at the moment. But you could be right. It does extend beyond just him in that rotation. So, And then the last one here, a trio of righties. I guess we'll just make it five for five with righties. But Christian Javier has not been showing the strikeouts that we had seen from last year. Aaron Nola has not looked like the ace that we have seen in years past. Definitely not where they drafted him up to be. And then Dylan Cease as well. So between these three guys, who are you most concerned about with moving forward? Between Javier, Nola, and Cease. I think I got to go with Cease because he's been like walking the line for a while now. Like this has not been, this is not a new thing for Cease. His control issues have been a problem. His deep counts have been a problem. Chicago, we can't really trust their offense. He's not getting any help from his defense, right? It's strikeout or bust with Cease. I think Nola will sort things out. It's also a contract year for Nola. So he has an incentive to sort things out. And Javier, I don't know if we like if he keeps pitching well and the ratios are okay, then the strikeouts aren't that big of a concern for me. I am with you as well as Cease. If we go back to the the fantasy or fantasy baseball draft guy, we had I'm looking back at what I wrote about Cease, and I had basically said his XERA FIP and XFIP indicate he's not likely to repeat a sub two two five ERA, and he posted a double digit walk rate. If he's going to continue to put himself in harm's way, he's playing with fire. And unless you're confident that he matches last year's two sixty BABIP and the fourth highest strand rate amongst qualified starters. We have to plan for regression, and then we go ahead and look at Cease, and he has, what, 12 walks in his last 16 innings? Yeah, it's a roller coaster every time the guy pitches. It's just tough. And so the other ones, I have more faith in them figuring it out at this point than what we've seen from Cease for literally his entire career. Yep, the command's got to come back. The strikeouts are great and all, but if you're going to strike out eight guys, but you're going to walk six... It's a little bit tough to kind of enjoy those numbers. So, yep. So Cease is the one to worry about there. And of the first two, looking at some concern with Sandy Alcantara and Alec Manoa. But Matt, that'll put a bow on this week's episode. Give Matt a follow on Twitter at The Salesman. I'm on Twitter at Colby R. Conway. Check out all the great content at fantasyalarm.com. And we will see you later this week with the next edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? 
Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.